0: I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of All Things Marketing and Education. This is a very special bonus, whatever you wanna call it episode, where I have some awesome people on the call and we're gonna be talking about the things that we absolutely love teachers. So we're going to be talking about what we did for Teacher Appreciation Week. And I'm going to clarify we because you all know me, I own an agency called Leone Consulting Group. But we also founded A foundation called the LCG Foundation about a year and a half ago. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that foundation is, how it came to be, but how did we use this foundation to put so many smiles on educators faces for teacher appreciation week. So it's all about love. It's all about joy. This episode, I am joined with speaking of joy, the director of joy, Miss Porter Palmer. So Porter had the pleasure of being maybe my first or second guest on the podcast. First, first ever guest. So for those of you that want to hear me stumble on my words and be absolutely terrified as the podcast host, go ahead and look at our first episode. I took the advice of friends and they said, invite your friends first, the people that you are most comfortable with and interview them. So Porter talked about what her role was in LCG, but she also talked about really what is community if you're a brand and you want to start community what does that mean so there's a lot of really gold nuggets in there about community and just joy so porter is here with me today not in her role representing lcg as director of joy although she spreads joy to everyone she is also a founding board member on the lcg foundation and she was a key person to help which i call like um Know, operation teacher smile, <laughs> you know, like she was one of the people on the ground. So we're going to be talking about our experience, what we learned, how we can hopefully inspire others to do the same, to spread joy to educators. I also have with me today on the podcast, William Trinkle. And he said, well, William sounds so familiar or so formal yeah. Formal, formal, not familiar, that we want to, you know, he's Bill. So we have Bill Trinkle on from the LCG Foundation. And Bill was also on the ground every single day helping us look for educators, distribute gifts to educators. He has all sorts of tips, tricks, and wisdom to to give us as well on the podcast. So I am so excited to have you two on talking about what we were able to do. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's
1: so good to be here.
2: Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thank you.
0: I I will also say that one of um, Bill's special talents is he used to be on radio for a long time. So (laughs) When he speaks, I feel intimidated because his voice sounds so good.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's set the stage. We were maybe like T-minus three weeks in before... Teacher Appreciation Week. And for those of you that are listening and going, what's Teacher Appreciation Week? I want you to know that every year there is a Teacher Appreciation Month that happens in May. There is a Teacher Appreciation Week that happens typically the second week of May. And then there's a Teacher Appreciation Day. And the Teacher Appreciation Day caused all sorts of kerfuffles (laughs) because it's typically during the week of Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, And it's typically that that Tuesday of Teacher Appreciation Week. This week, this time for 2023, it was the first Tuesday of May and none of the brands got it right, including us, because it just felt wrong. So <laughs> most brands focused on Teacher Appreciation Week with the huge disclaimer that if any of you know us and LCG, one of the things we will harp on, we will die on a hill about is. We don't just appreciate teachers during the week that we're told to appreciate teachers. Sure, it's a great excuse to go above and beyond, but educators are in a very thankless position. We wanna make sure that they feel loved, special, heard, seen, whatever it is to keep them going in one of the most challenging professions in the world, really. I, I could, if you could tell from me, I respect and have, I just get so inspired by what educators do and do on a daily basis, the mental capacity it takes to juggle all of the things they do in a day. So I'm going to get off my soapbox around that. But no, we're going to be talking about Teacher Appreciation Week. But if you follow us anywhere, I want you to think about how can I appreciate educators all the time?
1: So, right, I mean, if I could jump in and just say that we're going to talk about what we did for Teacher Appreciation Week, but please don't let Teacher Appreciation Week be the, the time that you feel that it's the only time that you can do something like this. Teachers deserve this year round. And so, Ilana, tell us, how did this come to be?
0: Yeah. And what we'll do is in the show notes, we'll put in our first episode where we announced the LCG foundation. So you can get a little bit of context of who we are and what we decided to do. But in a quick one sentence, we initially partnered with Meta and the division of education in Meta to say, gosh, Educators typically do not get the trickle down effect of funds that they need to feel special, to feel heard, to have that voice and choice, to have professional development that they want, to have the supplies they want, all of the things. They do not get that trickle down financial effect. And for those of you that are new to education, go, what do you mean? There was billions of dollars in funding for Title I schools and ESSER funds and the pandemic funding. Yes. But that didn't trickle down into, hey, educator, here's $50. Go buy the thing you really need. Here's 100 bucks. Here's what you really need. What do you need? Have I ever asked you? <laughs> so what we were here to set out is how can we make grants to teachers a thing? And grants without making them jump through hoops. Grants to just say, hey, we see you. We trust you. We want to make your life a little better and we are not under the assumption that 150 bucks to 500 bucks is going to change the trajectory of an educator's career or life but what we are under the impression on and what we did experience during teacher appreciation week is all sorts of smiles so we're going to talk about that but LCG Foundation exists to really support and uplift educator voices we typically do that by providing micro grants to educators so we had some profits from what we were able to do with some brands and what we able to do with brands is we help them give to teachers and we evaluate its impact in terms of what teachers they were trying to reach what areas and, and so on and so forth so we had some profit we have a small foundation we've only been around for about a year and a half and we said how do we want to use this profit so I do remember Porter, especially on this meeting, and then Anna, who is on, Anna Fields, our project manager, and has an instrumental role within the foundation as well. we were all brainstorming things that we could do with the profit for teacher appreciation. We said, well, we have about $50,000. What do we want to do with that? And and Porter, why don't you jump in here? Because I feel like you're you slightly dying on a hill for this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. I mean, I'll just go back to the past few years I have um, and I will get to what like our initial plan was, but, but what we wound up doing is I have just been watching the clear the list movement for several years now. And, um, have participated in it on my very own and found it very rewarding to just spend some of my money supporting teachers and going and looking at their lists. Um, The way that I've looked at it is that I used to spend money in my own classroom and I don't have a classroom anymore, but I I can't help but remember what that felt like. And so every year, either at like Amazon Prime Day or Teacher Appreciation Week, I try to set aside a little bit of my money to go buy little things off of as many teachers wish lists as I can. Now, we as a foundation said, hey, let's we have this amount of money, like $50,000. And we've set up this process for grant giving, but we learned that it, in this particular circumstance, it might be really complicated and time-consuming. And if we were going to spend the time, one of the things that we don't see a lot of times is how educators use the money. Um, they tell us in the the grant process, how they might use the money, but a lot of times we don't get that gratification at the end getting to see it. And I really enjoy that gratification. So we started talking about, can we do this Teacher Appreciation Week instead of a grant where we're writing checks to people or they're applying for the grant? What if we just use our money to go and help clear lists for teachers? And that doesn't mean that we were able to clear entire lists. Um, we tried to be, I wouldn't say fully equitable, but we set aside a particular amount of money that we tried not to go over for each person to so that we could support as many teachers as possible with that $50,000. And so we started thinking about how we might do that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that that's where the, the ideas started forming and saying, "Could we do this?" Because again, we're a small foundation. We've we've prior to this, we gave away about twenty five k to Marin County schools in California to special education teachers. We definitely looked at our what we had to give, so we said, "Okay, yes, our board's on board. We're going to give away fifty thousand dollars." And then as Porter started convincing us, and it didn't take a lot of convincing because we've all experienced this this clear the list movement and the vulnerability it takes for an educator to even create a list and say i need help is a lot and and it, the feeling of no one seeing it and no one fulfilling a list breaks my heart and that's typically what happens a lot to educators so we said yes let's do it so operation teacher clear the list commenced we were going to start Monday of teacher appreciation week and go as long as we could but $50,000 and looking at a spend of 100 to 150 to 100 to 150 per educator that takes a lot of time and we got good at it right yeah I think
1: that's a thing that we did when one of our
0: questions is like what
1: surprised you and Anna had calculated she was like Porter this is going to take a lot of time and I'm like Oh, it'll be fine, you know, because I've sat on my phone and made purchases for teachers off of lists in the evenings, um, you know, on my own time. It'll be fine. And Anna's like, no, but it's like six minutes per person. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. like, no, it's fine. Oh, no, it was so time consuming.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. But, you know, like it was one of those things, if anyone has a part of their job, they're like, oh, I can't wait to do this. And yeah, I'm myself at night going and going, Okay, I know it's eight o'clock at night, but I'm gonna spend two hours and clear some lists. And it's going to be really fun and really joyous. Um, but a little bit of sweet and we can get into that as well. But Bill, we have not heard from you and your awesome radio voice. So why don't why don't you jump in on you were responsible for helping clear a lot of educator lists. And you came in cold. And I know you probably had some experience prior because Porter loves clearing lists. I'm sure you did that, but not to that, like I'm an expert in jumping in Amazon lists and fulfilling. Like, what was your initial experience jumping in and saying, we're going to do $50,000 of this?
2: <laughs> well. <clears throat> when they were first talking about how long it was going to take, I kind of wondered, well, I wonder if that's really the case. And when I, when I first jumped in with clearing the list, what happens is there's a lot of unexpected things that come up. Um, You know, you've got, um, you've got a list and you're going to look at it and then you're going to try to prioritize and try to figure out what items can I get off the list And then you've you've got um, uh, issues with uh, Amazon, and you've got issues with the banks. And there's all these hurdles that come up um, that you've got to try to figure out along the way. And they come up, and then you clear that problem, and then they come up again as time goes on. So um, there was a lot of unexpected things but I suppose they should be expected because you're just dealing with so many entities. You've got the teachers, you've got Amazon, you've got the bank that's involved that's, you know, paying for this and a lot of moving parts.
0: Okay. Let's pause there because let's talk about some hurdles that we didn't, that maybe we expected, but didn't expect at all like to be as hurdly. <laughs> that's a yeah. word, but I would say, yes, we're going to be doing hundreds of charges to our to our bank and we have to make sure the bank clears it. So I was on multiple fraud calls. Anna, our project manager, was on multiple calls just to clear the purchases. So once we got that done, great. Um, I was out Monday celebrating my birthday and during that Monday, Twitter decided to restrict our LCG Foundation Twitter account because of, you. why don't you go into it, Porter? Because you experienced it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of my notes here is
1: to say that An unexpected thing for me was how hard Twitter, Amazon and the banks would make it for us to do good. Like that is a a thing to, hey, just, you know, just be warned. Because, Bill, you called you had to call Amazon. Mm -hmm. Like so there were these barriers. So our foundation is young and doesn't have a huge following or a lot of activity on Twitter. And so this one day we are on there and we put one post that says, hey, drop your, your um, wish lists here. And then we went to fulfilling the wish lists taking a screen capture of what we purchased for the educator, replying to the educator with that screen grab and Twitter decided that we were bots, that this was not real. And it took us, we were down, that was by noon Eastern time maybe Mm -hmm. on Monday. So of day one, we were already unable to reply to anybody. There was a big warning on our account all day that says this account's been restricted um, like so it
2: looks great when you're trying to give away money like oh this <laughs> isn't a problem
0: uh, i mean luckily we had the lcg agency account and then i had my personal twitter account and i i haven't looked at the analytics but i think my tweet calling out twitter support going hey This is Teacher Appreciation Week. All we're doing is trying to give away money to educators. Can you please unrestrict our account? That people started retweeting it going, oh, my God, Twitter. Like, come on, come on. Help this foundation. Get back up. So we we did manage and a lot with Bill's credit and Porter's credit jumping on, trying to figure out how. I don't even know how you all did it. But was it like Wednesday? We got the account up and running. Yeah, the account.
2: yeah ultimately i was able to email back and forth with twitter and they actually responded um they they have a generic thing that i tried first and then um i was and then i emailed them back and they were able to get it back up and going so
1: with apologies
2: with apologies to their credit but you know it still probably took longer than we would have liked
0: okay so we got twitter restricting us Banks calling us frauds, and and holding and freezing the card, uh, and then on the Amazon side, Bill, you can tell this about.
1: It's well, related to the bank.
2: Yeah. So so the issue there was was um, there was again they were thinking it's fraud because all of a sudden there's all these charges, and so um, we had to basically recertify the card on almost every order, Mm -hmm. um, verify the card. And so the question was, is this a bank problem or is an Amazon problem? And both said, yes, it is the other. So the bank said it's Amazon's problem. Amazon said it's the the, the bank's problem. And to be honest with you, it never fully got cleared. So we were still verifying cards up until the last order. Sure. Yeah. Which is just another, it's another step. Right. It's another step that takes a little bit longer. And uh, it would be nice if we didn't have to do that. But I understand that there's fraud, you know. Yeah. I mean,
1: right. We understand that it is for our protection.
2: Sure.
1: um, All of this. But it was an unexpected barrier. We just thought it'd be smooth sailing and that the hardest thing to do would be choosing what to buy for whom.
2: Yeah. These, yeah. are the things, these are the things you just don't plan for that come up. They were just. Um...
0: I will say that we are a small foundation and the people that are on this podcast probably fulfilled what? A hundred percent of all of these, maybe we did a, team, we did a team meeting where everyone got to pick stuff and find stuff on Twitter and things like that. And we fulfilled it kind of together, but us three were the majority of the lion's share of fulfilling every single one that we saw. So,
1: so ask me what we accomplished.
0: Yeah. time. but I just want to say that one of the hurdles that we were like, Oh, it will take that much time. It if And we're going to give you some best practices if you're an educator listening to, but if you didn't have things filled out properly on your wish list or things like that, it took us a lot more time. So no. the marketer in me said, oh, it'll take us two minute per order. And I got it down to three if I was able to really breeze through it, three minutes per order, and and the order was proper. But in general, it probably took anywhere from five to seven minutes in an order, and then we multiply that by hundreds of educators, and we are a small team. So when when big companies tell me we don't have the resources, we don't have the funds, uh, we now can laugh and say, we did it. So please don't tell us this. We made it happen. And if I I think if you are passionate about anything, you can make it happen. So now Porter, I want to transition to what we were able to accomplish together as of this
1: morning. And there are still a few that we're trying to resolve. We'll talk about the address issue. Um, when we talk about advice in a little bit, but teachers make sure your address is correct on your wish list. So we, We have a few things that we're still trying to resolve, but we went over budget. Um, We spent, as of this morning, $51,638. So over budget, we supported 424 educators in the United States.
0: Um, Our average spend- Uh, A couple in Canada. (laughs) <laughs> I you know at the end when you fulfill a list and you're like, oh, .ca, I should have known there and kind of, no offense to you Canadian teachers, we love you too, but we were focused on U.S. this time. So a couple Canadian Canadians got snuck in. So
1: 424 educators. Um, our average spend was $121.50 across that. And when I calculate the hours committed, it was about 50 across the three of us last week, maybe a little more with meetings and phone calls, but actual fulfillment of the wish lists. We, we committed about 50 hours of work. All right, so here are the numbers. drum roll drum roll so here are the numbers um as of this morning and there are still a few that we're trying to resolve we'll talk about the address issue um, when we talk about advice in a little bit but teachers make sure your address is correct on your wish list so we we have a few things that we're still trying to resolve but we went over budget um We spent, as of this morning, $51,638. So over budget, we supported 424 educators in the United States. Our average spend was $121.50 across that. And when I calculate the hours committed, it was about 50 across the three of us last week, maybe a little more with meetings and phone calls, but actual fulfillment of the wish lists. We, we committed about 50 hours of work
0: to it. Awesome. Um, when we think about this process, I remember, Porter, you telling us about what you did, and I really liked the philosophy. So, so sometimes when educators do a list, they do a lot of, uh, and we'll get into best practices probably right after this, but they'll say, oh, I need like little things that people are willing to spend $3 on some Kleenex for my classroom or $10 on hand sanitizer. People are more willing, you know, because the fact of the matter is, is a lot of people that fulfill classroom wish lists for other teachers are teachers themselves. And that's also what breaks my heart. So they have limited income, but they want to make sure that that educator feels heard and that those wish lists don't get just like ghosted with spider webs. So they're in there fulfilling other educators' lists for teacher appreciation. So they can only do, you know, like I want some Post-its and things. So a majority of the lists were very small. And so what Porter quickly said is go to their dream item. And if they were, and educators, this is a tip for you, never feel like you were being selfish, Like put your dream item on your wish list and call it that. Say, this is my dream item, highest priority, and see if someone bites, because you never know, there'll be a foundation like us jumping in. But if we were able to, I jumped in and looked at the most expensive thing on their list and got it. And usually that was around $100, 150 bucks. We're able to do one to two items and fulfill it.
1: Yeah, when you talk about that, like when you're talking about the big item things, and there is a mixture of the big item things. um, But like, I love being able to buy flexible seating for educators, robotics kits, like they're big dream items because as you said, Ilana, a lot of times they put their lists out there hoping that somebody will buy a $9 book for them. They also have these big item gifts on, on their list. But because we, as a foundation had said this hundred to $150, we're like, let's go get the thing that costs the most money that, that they are less likely to get.
0: Yeah. And they were like a lot of fun. Right. Like I was thinking about all the items of the big ticket items. They were like mini fridges, um, HEPA filters, air conditioning units, and this is where a little bit of the bittersweet comes in, right? So you're like, why why do teachers need to make sure the quality of air is okay? Um, Why do teachers need fans? Um... But there was also the high ticket items, like the robotics kit, AR, VR, MR. There's all sorts of cool high ticket items. But then there was like laminators. And hey, I need a printer. I need a printer that actually works. Um, So do the printer, the toner, and the paper. And that was a good gift I would do in a trio sometimes. Bill, what were the items for you, the high ticket items, that you're excited about fulfilling?
2: Um, I got a couple that I thought were were pretty interesting. Um, There was a there was a gumball machine that someone was using to give treats to a class. That was so cool because we weren't allowed gum when I went to school. Like that was forbidden. And any treat whatsoever was sort of forbidden. Like lunch was in your locker. Um, So that was really cool. Um, The other thing that I that I was able to get for a teacher. I don't know if you've seen them, but they are like these little speakers that you wear on your hip, like on your belt. And it comes up and it has a headset. You may see these like theme parks or something where people are like walking around and people are, you know, directing traffic. Um, That was pretty cool. I I saw that as, you know, it's just a great way. It's just like a little amplifier for your voice, basically. Um, That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to see. Those were, But a lot of the stuff that for me was was your typical glue, scissors, pencils.
1: Since you're talking about that, like I'll just, since you mentioned that, that there's a question that we have about, um, like how did it feel Um, or what did you learn? Like those are questions for us to talk about. And for me, I feel like um, if you are an education brand, this is where I would say, apply some money to, to do this project, because it's very humbling to see that teachers' basic needs are not being met in their classroom. It's, um, they are asking for pencils, Amazon has a pack of 150 pencils that are on many wish lists for $10 and 70 cents. You don't know Bill's laughing how many times we have bought those pencils and they are not the good Ticonderoga ones that other people put on their list, but they are pencils and teachers would, would have highest priority are these $10 pencils for 150 of them. And we need three sets. That's how desperately Teachers needed pencils, glue. You see my eyes squinting, so that tells you how I feel about this, (laughs) y'all. Paper, paper, so much paper was needed. Notebooks for their students, scissors, crayons, Kleenexes, hand sanitizer, tape. These sorts of essential classroom materials Teachers are on the internet needing to ask help getting for their classrooms. I had people private message me about the fact that they are not allowed to have wish lists because their school districts don't want people to know that they don't have the equipment that they need. So like that's even an issue of teachers desperately
0: need these things. Um, for their classrooms and one other thing I'd add on like the general stuff that I saw a lot were like cleaning supplies yes like um, I bought mops I, and and again we were kind of trying to navigate to how can we spend the most? in a quickest, most impactful way. And and if you had a good wish list, and we're gonna sprinkle some of these tips in now, you were able, within wish list, you're able to say what priority, highest priority, high, medium, low. And you can also put a note, here's how I'm gonna use it. So you can tell that story. So we would typically go to the highest priority items. And if you didn't tell us, we went for the high ticket items that you were too scared to put on, but last minute you did. And I, I think that, the fulfilling the list, the items, there were a mix of like, gosh, this breaks my heart that they have to go out to the general public to to get Kleenex in their classroom or whatever it may be, like the basic staples, right? But then there was also this this feeling of hope and excitement because I, I bought like a tent that turned the classroom into like this castle. So there was this like hope and wonder and then like tech infused awesomeness too. But I want people to know that when you fulfill Amazon wish lists like this in this mass quantity, you fundamentally start understanding the state of education in a deeper level of what is being supplied, what do teachers really need. And I think as a brand, if you're looking to say, what are the items that educators need if I want to appreciate them, go to some wish lists. Now I can go to my Amazon and see all of the stuff I bought. And what we're going to do as a company is look at our gift guide and start revamping it and saying, gosh, this is what teachers want now. And these are the trends. So I think when we talk about it being bittersweet, it was because I'm like, gosh, we live in a world. Oh, Bill, here's your moment. In a world.
2: In a world.
0: <laughs> we live in a world where Educators have to go out to the random public to fulfill their basic needs in one of the most challenging positions. And that breaks my heart. It was amazing. It put smiles on my faces to be able to fulfill anything. And these educators were so incredibly grateful. But part of me is like, why do they have to be grateful? Why do they have to rely on some random person who just happened to have 50K? Our society is broken fundamentally and we all of a sudden get title one funding and all this other funding and it doesn't trickle down to the people that need it the most and that's what bothers me and that's why we have the foundation (laughs) everyone's like okay stop
1: (laughs) we're not passionate about education at all at lcg
0: (laughs) stop Well, anything else we want to like, let's jump into the actual tips and tricks to navigate an Amazon wishlist. And yes, yes, there are donors choose. There are all sorts of ways, but we're going to focus on Amazon wishlist because that's what we fulfilled. And I want first and foremost educators to realize you are not being selfish by having one and you should have one up all year long. So for Porter and Bill, like what are the tips and tricks of like how to start one up? What are the types of lists we should do? And what are the things you should avoid? Porter already said, make sure to put put your address on there. Yes. And you
1: if don't you don't know how to do that, you can Google the term that says set up address on Amazon wish list. And it will take you to a link that tells you how to do that. That was for me and the part of this that I did I was working to fulfill wish lists for a lot of teachers who have never created a wish list before. So I had a different circumstance than Bill did, who was focused primarily on Twitter and people who have a lot of experience with clear the list. But make sure your address is up to date if you are creating and sharing your wish list. Um, I honestly don't recommend your school as that's just me, but I don't recommend using your school address. If you put your address with your wish list, I don't see it as the person who's giving or purchasing. Um, but if you put your school, that makes delivery hard because Amazon likes to deliver things on Saturdays and Sundays um, yeah. or in the evenings. And so if that's the only choice that you have, use your school address, obviously. But if you live in a, a place with a proper address that you can receive um, packages at, use that address.
0: And we will never see that address. So we never
1: see Thompson, that address.
0: It just says, you know, Mr. Thompson's class wish list address. And the only thing we get to see is the city and state. At that's the right. End. Like. So
1: you are you, your anonymity is still protected. Um, but boy, it sure does make it easier and um, more efficient. Um, there are three different wish list styles that we experienced. Um, I think Bill has some thoughts on those. One is the typical wish list there's also a wish list that some people gave me a link to and a wish list that I had to join in order to, to do it. Um, There's a, a wedding slash baby registry that some people use bill, if you want to.
2: Yeah. So some of the things that, that we have to deal with. So when we start from our end, when we start a wish list, um, we see all the things and then we just start putting them to the cart, right? And then we don't know if you have an address attached to that wish list until the end. So we go through all this process. And if you don't have it, then we got to clear everything out and, and start all over again. That's that's one thing. There's a couple. There There is a regular wish list that's out there. Um, the joining, like inviting someone to join. I don't know how I felt about that. I, I kind of, um, cause I felt like they were going to see me and not the foundation, I suppose. So and like, who's this random dude who's in here? Um, because part of this was my personal Amazon account.
0: Hey. So get notified when other people join that list because you're part of that list. And I'm like, this yeah,
2: is- oh, so I, so that, that was, I would not recommend that. I don't think that that because people are like wondering exactly, well, what does this do for me? Um, The other thing is so the the other wish list that I was going to mention is some people use like a baby registry or a wedding registry as their wish list, which I thought was actually fine, because when you see those wish lists up in the right hand corner, it starts to give you a tally. And the tally tells you how much money you are spending instead of just guessing. Because the other thing that happens is we might have a full list and we get to the end. And for some reason, some things just won't ship. And so we've got to get those off the list. Oh, uh, let me
1: add a tip here related to that. Um, and that is purchase things that say Am or put things on your list that say Amazon Prime. Um that's a big tip is yeah. we would get to um to the finalization, as Bill said, we would discover that, oh, that can't be shipped from a wish list. And what I found is if you're selecting something that says Amazon Prime on it, they most likely can ship it.
2: The other thing that I that I noticed that was great was there were some teachers that did a great job of saying this is a high priority or they had some notes that were attached to the items and that was great. The other thing that I will say is load up your list because there was a couple teachers that broke my heart that I have like 100 150 bucks that I can spend on them and all I could all I could do was spend $20 or f- $50. And I'm like, oh, you know, and there's no opportunity for me to go back and add to that. And so that was, I felt bad because it was a missed opportunity. Um, so yeah, put things so, up there.
0: With that, um So sometimes you have multiple lists, and if if you are all Amazon shoppers, sometimes you have like a a personal list and stuff like that. So if you invited us into your wish list as an educator, sometimes your other list showed up. And so some teachers were cool. They had self-care list right next to their classroom list so if if they only had like some of them only had like twenty dollars worth of stuff on their classroom list maybe because they didn't think people were actually going to do it maybe they just didn't put a lot of importance to it maybe it's banned in their district whatever um but i went to their self-care list and it was like full of Um, chocolate. So I did lots of like Reese's peanut butter cups, skinny pop popcorn, um, cozy sweaters, face masks. So I tried to do that too. So you just never know who's going to see your list. So make sure to Bill's point that, you know, you have enough, but don't forget yourself. The only downside I would say Porter of doing this is I didn't feel like I got to really do a lot of self care for the educator because the educators are always thinking about their classroom first and foremost. And I know that that makes their heart full, but I also want to recognize them as humans that need stuff too.
1: I think that's why like the flexible seating made me so happy to buy, because I mean, I know that that's not um, care for teachers, but the dream items was a way to make me feel better about fulfilling like these are the things that they hope for
0: yeah I did a stand-up desk um I did a stand-up garden which was cool love so, it like there's fun dream items that I feel like could help nourish a teacher as well but the one thing missing was it was very rare like there was lots of chocolate don't get me yeah. wrong I lots of chocolate <laughs>
1: teachers needed this. I'm jumping back, but teachers needed snacks for their kids. Mm -hmm. Like that also just, just ripped my heart out. Really. Um, we were talking about the, the one advantage of using the wedding or baby registry was you, if you have these high dollar things, you can put them on there and people can contribute towards that. Um, Rather than like, so you buy, you have something that's $399, and people could contribute, anybody could contribute $10, $20 towards that item. And then once there was enough money there, it would
0: be purchased. So we did see that. Yeah, I was just going to say some of the items that. I felt like I had to spend more is that the educators told a story. They're like, these snacks I'm going to use for celebration and a graduation party. And I'm like, how can I not do that? It's their celebration yes. the party. <laughs> so don't be afraid to actually tell people what it's for and get them behind the story. Cause I could imagine the kids having these gummy bears at the end and getting so excited that they're, you know, graduating to a new grade. Like I want to be part of that.
1: So for advice for educators, we've talked about making sure that you have a list, um, whether you use the regular wish list or you use um, the registry model, um, have a list, make sure you're with lots of items on it and make sure that your address is up to date. And best case scenario, it is a personal address, knowing that it is not viewable by the people who are fulfilling. But I also want to have us discuss advice for brands. Um, If you're on a marketing team and you are listening to this podcast, we have
0: advice for you as well. I think like one of the things to kick off is a couple years ago, a former colleague and good friend of ours, Lily Jones, wrote a blog post and we'll put it in the show notes, but what brands should not do for teacher appreciation week. And I think I want to start there because sometimes during teacher appreciation week, when you are sometimes in the myopic viewpoint of my product is awesome, of course, more educators want to see my product, maybe I want to give a discount to my product or I wanna talk about my product in a way that I think applies to teacher appreciation. What you wanna do during teacher appreciation is get as far away from your product as possible and say, gosh, I appreciate my users so much. I appreciate my community. I appreciate my audience of educators that support me, that use my product, and I appreciate them as human beings. I don't care about all of this other stuff. So how can I uplift their voices and show authentic appreciation? So know that when Porter and I join a lot of our brands, when we're doing teacher appreciation brainstorms, we will poo-poo things. We will say, no, do not do that.
1: And <laughs> nobody wants, no teacher wants a 20% discount to your product for Teacher Appreciation Week.
0: You may want to say, okay, we've got some free things we can give them. Sure. But I want you to brainstorm with authentic appreciation trust admiration and mind first and foremost. So I want to just set that foundation to start with. but when you think about making a difference in your audience of educators lives, what could it be? What can make them smile? Maybe it's your your customers you surprise them with a pizza party or you know you surprise and delight little educators that come in and say, hey thank you, this this product really made my day um, and say, gosh, you know because of that you get this. Um, There are great giveaways that happen during teacher appreciation week and month. I would say just with the caveat, do not make educators jump through hoops for a $5 Starbucks card. Okay, so don't make them follow you, tag 10 teachers and all of the things. Just give it to them. We didn't capture any emails through $50,000 effort. We didn't, we're not using these names. We don't have any data. We, you know, maybe we got some followers on Twitter, but like, we're not doing it because of that. We just want to give out money. I understand if you are a brand, you have budgets, you have real capacity, like issues, but I want you to really stretch that and really challenge if you're at, at a leadership table, say, how can we appreciate educators just for the sake of appreciating them?
1: And I'll make the play for um, with just a few thousand dollars. You can make such a um, you can bring such joy to classrooms. The teachers will tell me how they opened their boxes in front of their kids and how excited they were. So if you are a brand brand. One, you can reach out to the LCG Foundation, obviously, and we would love to help you with a grant giving um, plan, um, a way to help you put your money, your profits, to a really great use and to help you feel what we have been able to feel by being able to do this. Um, But even if you don't come to the LCG Foundation to, support that effort. Put aside some money and empower your employees to go out and give to teachers, clear the clear some lists, or at least buy items off of lists, even if you aren't able to completely clear them. And just feel the rewards of that. And it's a way of listening to your audience by going and looking at their wish lists.
0: Yeah, I would say one of the things you said, Porter, is very doable. What you could say is, hey, we're going to match our employees to go help clear some lists up to $5,000. And you can help tell that story. So, you know, follow us, follow myself. We're we're telling the story, not to say, wow, we did awesome things. Uh, the reason why we're doing this podcast is to inspire others to do the same. I think it is. I was. I am going to use the word travesty. It it is an injustice for brands that are making money in education to not give back. I I think it does. It's not just about ed tech giving back. It's about all brands, and we do want to elevate the discussion to bigger brands that have budget to do so. And we are working as a foundation to, to make this a norm is to give back to educators, those that need it the most. When something hits the fan, educators are always there. They were there for the pandemic. They're there for every natural disaster disaster. They're there when shooters are on the ground. Like this is giving me goosebumps, but we don't protect them. We don't support them. And we should be doing it every single day of the year. So I want you to think about, you know, If you give a product to EdTech and if you made money, even if it's just 1% of your profits or even 0.25%, I don't care. Like Porter said, if it's $10 you give to an educator, an educator is going to use that $10 in the most thrifty way possible.
1: You know, it's interesting. Um, We work with EdTech founders a lot, CEOs of EdTech companies, and I have not met anyone, and maybe they just don't work with us, but I've not met people who say, oh, I want to get into educational technology because it is this huge basket of money f- to be made for my company. If you are an tech founder, I already know that you are in this because you care about kids you care about education. You have identified some sort of problem that you are wanting to resolve to make our world better. And so to get back to what Ilana is saying, you are in this industry. So use some of those profits to give back.
0: Yeah. So I hope that you all were able to experience our joy, our experience of kind of bittersweet, our experience of just being fired up and wanting to tell the world about this experience. So maybe next year we'll see other brands maybe we'll we won't be doing this um just alone that people will want to join in and help bring so many smiles to educator voices and you know who knows again because we don't appreciate educators just during teacher appreciation month or week we'll be doing we'll be doing some of this we'll be surprising delighting as much as we can as a small foundation with limited budget but i hope that you were able to say wow, my perception of what educators needs is different. Maybe I'll think a little bit more critically when it comes to teacher appreciation month and week and, and just how to appreciate them as a brand. And then educators, I want you to step up. I want you to have a list. I want you to have a list that's functioning. I don't want you to feel bad about it. I want you to have items that are for you as well as your classroom. And you know, put it up on your Twitter profiles, put it up on different things. Don't be afraid, because you never know, there'll be someone like us that can jump in and say, we see you. So I want to just thank you all for listening to us. I know we kind of went on soapboxes. We love, love, love helping educators. I know that came through. I want to thank Bill for jumping on, because he normally doesn't join. But these two people, Porter and Bill, fulfilled probably 80% of all of the lists, at least.
2: And that is so fun
0: work that I was a, you two are just angels and you jumped in and came on and we didn't, I guess we didn't, I didn't expect the amount of work like you said, 50 plus hours, but it, you guys were inspiring. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for jumping up and like having the call of duty and say, yes, (laughs) I'm showing up for teachers. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for helping us make it happen thanks everyone for joining us. You can access this episode's show notes at leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash joy, like the joy we give to educators or the joy hopefully you're going to give to educators. So follow that link. You'll have the transcription there. Any resources or ways to get involved to bring joy to educators' lives will also be in those show notes. So thank you again. We will see you next time on all things marketing and education take care. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends. So please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and
2: education.